Ryan and Joel in the afternoon. Night. And we're back. We're back. Are we? Is this going to be it? Is that it? I don't know. Are we just going to go into the episode? I don't care. That's fine. That's fine. Welcome, everybody, to the uh, latest edition of the I'd Like a Refund podcast. This is Joel speaking, and I'm here with the one, the only, Ryan. Ryan, how you doing? Happy to be here. Did you hear my voice? Ryan, how you doing? I did, yeah. Ryan, how you doing? So you're very intimidated. Yeah, it's because you're not wearing socks. No. Well, it's my house, so. That's true. It's here. (laughs) I also am not wearing shoes. (laughs) Um, and I want to talk about that. Because <laughs> yeah. You told me you wanted to start with this, so the floor is yours. Because um, I am very excited. I've been telling most people I, I encounter. Um, I bought these laces on Amazon that transform any shoe into a slip-on. And they are sick. They're so freaking cool. So I got my Under Armors right here. Um, you lace them up like normal shoelaces, and then you can either anchor them on the outside, which you'd be able to see them. Or you can do the hidden anchor, which is on the inside. But some people complain it like rubs against their foot. Uh-huh. I've yet to run into that, but I can show you here. There's the anchor. Another visual thing that's great for uh, an audio. It's show. just very perplexing. Um, but they're they're elastic. You pull them as tight as you'd like, and they're supposed to like loosely tie them. That way, you can walk in them at that like set tightness okay. for like 24 hours. I did not do that. I'm impatient. I w- took one walk. I walked my dog, and I was like, "This is fine." And then I cut them. Um, but now, yeah, so you cut them and then you anchor them down. And so now I have slip-on shoes and they are great. They have saved me like 30 seconds every morning. Look at you. And I can show my feet whenever I want. Mr. Innovator over here. Tarantino Well, I didn't you. invent these. I just bought them. Yeah, but you are, you're a trendsetter. That, I've been told this before. Yep. Um, I'd also like to give a quick shout out. Um, if everyone takes a quick listen here. That, it doesn't even look like that picked up on the mics. Whatever. <laughs> I'm shaking my water bottle around. Um, my cousin Stephanie at Holly's Hobbies on Instagram uh, made me this water bottle, and it's very me. It's got the California State flag. That's where you live. Um, and in and out crisscross palm trees. That's the other place you live at. That is. And then on the bottom, there's a California bear with a palm tree. Oh, there you go. Um, Best of both worlds. Yes. Um, it came out great. I'm so excited about this, and I've been drinking so much more water. Um, I haven't had like a hydro flask type bottle in a long time. I have my welcome to the club. Yeah, I have my uh, what's it called? My Nalgene water bottle, but that doesn't like it's not vacuum sealed, so it doesn't keep it cold, which is fine. I was fine drinking room temperature water, but now that I have this thing, um, I'm drinking so much water, which is good for me. That's so, great. Yeah, that's all good. right. So uh, that'll do it for the ad reads this week. Yeah, uh, right. Uh, so <laughs> hey, hey, remember, buy expand shoelaces. Like, why did I say that so weird? You did it's, say it, weird. It's, yeah. Well, it's because it's expand, but it's only spelled with the X. Expand. No e. Expand. Um, <laughs> X-Pan is a, oh no, X-Pro. Nope. No, that's not a thing. X-Pan's no, I was thinking not. about the Instagram filter, like X-Pro too. Yeah, X-Pan's not one though. Um, no, expand shoelaces and at Holly's Hobbies on Instagram. Everyone follow her or we're ending the show. Her show? No, our show. Oh, that's, that's an empty thread. We're not going to do that. I mean, yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, something else we wanted to touch on too, Ryan, do you want to, you want to touch on this or should do, I? Do I know what it is? Oh, no, I think you should. Yeah, you could do it. Um, so we just wanted to give a quick shout out to uh, the third member of the show who's unfortunately not with us today, Cameron. Um, Cameron, as you all know, went into surgery this past week. Um, he's run into a couple of speed bumps, um, but he should be hopefully out in a couple of days based on the updates. We should hear getting. from him fairly soon yeah. as well. Hopefully in these next couple of days, we'll be hearing from him based on the updates we've been getting. So just everyone, if you can keep him in your thoughts. Um obviously we're all wishing the best for him and 
hopefully he'll be back soon with a nice speedy recovery and here in a couple of weeks we'll be able to have him back on the show yeah we can get all of his takes again the ones that really drive the the anger of our show yes from our guests we're missing it which is why this week we're not talking about it in honor of cameron i'll tell a, my friend texted me this morning he just listened to one of the episodes and he said he, it was like a, a thing where it says like cameron and then it says what he said and then like whatever right? so mm-hmm. it, said, it said cameron compares or says dumbo is the story of of uh stephen <laughs> king and it <laughs> yeah. says joel and ryan do not ask him to elaborate and yep. it says cameron elaborates yeah yeah that's about right uh yeah so anyway cameron if you uh if you're listening to this when you listen to yeah this. when you listen to it okay come on he's never listened to an episode he said he would listen to the ones that he's not on okay he well, did say that cameron when you listen to this um yeah we wish you well bud and yeah we look forward to seeing you soon yeah no it's uh it's not the same without him but uh it's certainly more fun with him or without him? no you be the judge <laughs> okay <laughs> um that being said this week's topic is one years in the making years I, literal years literally years this in the has making. been in the making since before we ever met yes ground broke in 2017 and we mm-hmm. met 2019 correct um and of course that is the academy museum that we are talking about today ryan and i went on thursday that's which right which was the grand opening publicly technically um, it was like the september 30th yeah right? september 30th yeah. um you there were a couple days prior that people got to go which i'm mad because when they first announced memberships, I intended to buy one then. Right. I didn't. And then I bought one back in, I think, July. Mm-hmm. Um, but those people who bought it, like, in that first, like, couple months were considered charter members. Okay. And they're the ones who got to go to, like, the preview. Those so. aren't the same people that went for, like, the press days, No. Right? So there was the press days. Then there was a charter member preview. Okay. Um, and then... It was all just that same week, right? Right. It was, I believe... Sunday, Monday, Tuesday were the three days. And then Wednesday was the off day. And then Wednesday was an off day. And, and then, then open to the public. Thursday. Yeah. Um, which, yes. Okay, so we went Thursday to the grand opening. Mm-hmm. Um, I got there early, and there was like a whole ribbon <laughs> yeah, cutting yeah, please, ceremony. Please elaborate to everybody what you saw, what you got to see that I didn't because I showed up 20 minutes after. Or no, like, well, you got there like two hours early, right? I got like there at... 8:30. Yeah, and we, which uh, required me to leave my house at yeah. like 5. Just to just so everybody knows, Joel got there at 8:30 in the morning. His ticket wasn't until 10 o'clock. Correct. And he didn't go in until I got there, which was just a little shy of 10:30. Yes, this is correct. So he was this there. Is correct. He was there two hours early, and you would think maybe like, oh, well, they must be doing some really cool stuff, like to in the lead up, since it's been such a long process mm-hmm. getting this done. Um, Joel, why don't you tell the folks listening at home what you got to There's see? There's something I didn't even tell you that happened too. Like, oh, right, perfect. Right at the end, which it, maybe it's not that funny. It was hilarious to me. Um, because I would have been pissed if I was on the other end. But anyway, I got to watch the uh, dedication, public dedication, and ribbon cutting ceremony. Let me start off with the, the best part of it. Um, there was free food. <laughs> so, one of your favorite things. One of yes, nothing better than free food. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a quote from Big Hero Six. It's true. Um, Fred. Yes, but there was like it was all like breakfast pastries. So there was like croissants, croissants, and uh, chocolate. Are you gonna and, finish that croissant? Uh, and chocolate filled <laughs> croissants. Man, I missed that show. Um, <laughs> there was also muffins. Um, so I got one croissant, and then I got tea. It was decaffeinated black tea because even though I was operating on three hours of sleep, yeah. if I had drank caffeinated black tea, I would have run through a wall. Yeah, you uh, and I were both. You and anxiety. I were both struggle busting that <laughs> yeah. morning. Ryan and I were both like combined running off of maybe six hours of sleep. Probably about like, that, yeah. Um. So, anyways, I got that, and then I got this water. 
<laughs> you you were there when I opened the water, right? Or did I drink it on the way no, home? No, it was gone by the time I got there. No, no, because I didn't. I drink it with the pizza. No, I no, didn't. no, you yeah, didn't. Yeah. No. So I grabbed this water that I thought was sparkling water, and then I got in my car and I started drinking it. It was just regular water in a can. <laughs> I was like, okay. Anyway, water's so good. It was a ribbon cutting ceremony, um, which I was like, oh my god, like Steven Spielberg's gonna show up or something, <laughs> or or Bob Iger's gonna be there. That one would have um, been cool, or you know, someone of that nature. Um, Daft Punk. Daft Punk. That would have been sick. Yeah. They're like, we're gonna, we're here, and we're gonna perform the uh, score to Tron Legacy live <laughs> at 8:30 in the morning. Uh, uh, if you had told me that was happening, I would have gotten in my car faster. Absolutely, uh, I had would have had to have seen that. No. So basically, I watched this Native American man bless the land, which was pretty sick. Very cool. Yeah. Um, and it was hilarious because so. Eric Garcetti was there. <laughs> this is um, where it gets really interesting. Eric Garcetti was there, and he kept like. I was next to him a lot. Um, and anyways, he was sitting there and the Native American man was like, Mr. Garcetti, you may be the mayor, but you remember whose land this was first. And everyone like cheered. Did he really say that? <laughs> yeah, it was hilarious. <laughs> oh my Just God. Something along those lines. Um, but yeah, so, and then everyone was making speeches, but when it was time for Eric Garcetti's speech, and you can look this up online, I'm sure. It's out there, yeah. He was making the speech and kept dropping like movie titles in the speech as part of it. Um, and two of the movies that he selected were, it was Annie Hall and American Beauty. And I was like, sir, could you like read the room a yeah, little bit? For real. Pick some movies that don't star people that are, uh, canceled at yeah. this point. Yeah. No Woody um, Allen in the exhibit. Hmm. Yeah. Weird. Interesting. Or Kevin Spacey. No, none of him or either. Or Kevin Sorbo. No, also no. So, um, a deep lack of Kevin's. Actually, now I don't even want to do this episode because I'm just upset. Well, yeah, there wasn't a lot of Kevin no, representation. Kevin. We'll power through though. Um, but the whole thing, it finishes up, right? And this is the thing I was getting to that I think was hilarious. The guy who like is the president of the Academy Museum. Oh, the, the CEO of the Academy was there. Um, what's her name? I was sure her name, Don something. Um, she was there. So that was pretty cool to see. And, uh, she did a little speech and whatnot, however, but the guy who runs the Academy Museum or like was the head of it, he was the last person to talk and he turned around and said, all right, well, as we get ready to open up these doors, we already have our first public guests right over here in line, our 10 a.m. guest. And he pointed to the line, and there's like 50 people lined up already. Mm-hmm. And he's like, they're they're lined up, and they'll be the first guests inside the Academy Museum. And then they opened the doors, and they opened like the the place where we were standing. Right. And all the people that were in line had to wait for all of us to go in first. So Are you serious? All those people that he had just hyped up that were going to be like the first people to go in were not. They opened the doors and we all like, got in before them. I was like, oh, damn. Um, so you'd hate to see that. I watched their Instagram story later, the Academy Museum's story, and you could see me walk into the building. It's true. I saw him. I was like, damn, my hair looked so good that day. <laughs> it was really fun. Uh, do you, <laughs> how differently we were dressed to go to this yeah. event. <laughs> I was wearing like a button-up jeans and uh, these shoes. I don't think they had the slip-on. This, no, yeah, you didn't have them. You would have told me about them if you had them. Um, and then, no, I think I did get him that You day. didn't say anything. I didn't say anything, though. Um, and then Ryan was wearing a tank top and a jacket and, like, shorts, I think, right? Yeah. 
Yep. Classic Ryan. Hey, yeah, man. It's important to stay on brand. Classic Ryan outfit. I tell, I tell people that all the yeah, time. Stay on brand. Ryan surprisingly looked at the camera for most of the photos I took I of him that day, which is I did. unlike him. New venture for me. Really out of character. Very much so. That um, was not staying on brand. Not staying on brand at all. But yeah, so at this point, Ryan showed up and we went into the museum together. So I'm thinking the way we do this is the museum split up by floor. There's And there's there's a lot of floors. There's four of them. It's not that many. That's a lot. Like, um, I mean, it felt like a lot. Well, no, there was... There was four there was, floors. Well, no, there was there was the basement, well, which... There was nothing down there. Right, but... The, well, not yet. <laughs> well, there's nothing going to be down there. It's just yeah. a theater. Could, I mean, that's that's something. Right. Yeah. So it was there, and then the main hall, mm-hmm. and then the three floors up above, and then there was the one we couldn't get to. Right. Because remember, we tried to go up to the very top floor, and we couldn't go. We we'll talk about what's up well, there. Yeah, we'll talk about that right yeah. now. I think uh, I think where you're going, like we just go. We'll just go we basically, just do it how we did it. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 So um, what's first? So the first level. Let me start with this weird. Uh, no, I don't want to say weird, but let me start with this little, uh, like, cliff note. Imagine. <laughs> no, <laughs> there were things that we I don't want to say skipped, but things that we didn't spend as much time at as we easily could have. And there were some things that we actively chose not to do. Yes. And there were some things that we did choose. Like, you know what? Let's go ahead and move past this with this being opening day. I don't want to say it was like crowded. Like I never at once felt like I was like, oh, I'm like, yeah, so never like overwhelmed. Of, right. But it was there were people there, there. were a lot of people. And yeah. so there would be people like standing in front of things where it was like and not not like throwing this in your face or anything. It's not thing to boast about, but it's like for me at least, it's like I got the membership. I can go back whenever I want. Yeah. So like I wasn't concerned about like oh I can't read that one plaque right now. Right. Because I could just go back. Right. So there were things that we were, that we kind of skipped over, and we'll touch on that as we go along. Um, but right at the beginning, the very first room, there's this nice big open area. There's a restaurant slash bar on one side, um, and then on the other side, there's the store and the first part of the of the actual museum. Mm-hmm. And that first room. Uh, it, the whole uh, the whole thing levels one through three is called uh, stories of cinema. I believe is what yes, it's called. that's correct. Um, and so this was part one of stories of cinema. This was a room I easily could have spent a ton more time in, but once I realized what it was, I we didn't. But it was basically like I'd say maybe ten different screens. Um, each screen double sided, I believe. Correct. Yeah. Um, and they were all just showing clips from from movies. It was that's what it was doing. It was just showing clips of movies. Um, it wasn't necessarily like. I don't think in any specific order. No, and it didn't seem like a screen was dedicated to like a certain genre right. or time period either. It was just kind of just what whatever you saw when you went in there, that's what was playing, and then something random. They, yeah. they may have a system behind it, but it doesn't show when you're watching Yeah, it. and who knows? Maybe had we stayed there, because we only spent maybe four or five minutes in that first room. Yeah, we didn't stay that. there long. Once we, um, yeah, like you said, once we knew what it was. Yeah, it was, which we, it was, like, it's cool. It's very cool, and yeah. like I said, if I were to go back and – whatnot like i could easily see myself sitting in there and like i'm gonna watch this entire loop yeah but we also were like okay we want to we want to get to like the real yeah we we yeah. were on a time crunch too yeah. so yeah so we were like okay let's let's go and get a movie we were on time crunch yet we spent four hours there yeah we used all <laughs> i was just telling that. people that like we spent four hours there and still didn't look at like every single thing it's true yeah uh and there were areas as we'll talk about that we have both said like oh i could have spent so much time here mm-hmm. um so that's the first floor the second floor is when you first started getting into like the more uh, typical museum style stuff where you'd have like, you know, placards and then an item or, you know, pictures and things like that. Um, and do you want to touch on the very first thing that you see when we or at least like the first like big item that was like, oh, my God. Well, when you say like 
big item. It's not really an item, more of a set piece is what you're talking about, right? Oh, actually, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, go for that. That's not what I was thinking, but yes, you're right. So for a lot of people that don't work in the industry and then for some, and then, you know, for some of us that do, uh, when you're building a set, you don't always get to go on location to film your sets. Like you have to, you have to find an area usually inside of a soundstage where you can kind of build your landscape that you're filming in. And a lot of the times what they're going to use to kind of show depth, depth of field, essentially showcase that you can have a background without really being at that place is what's it called again? It's, what are they it's like? Cause there's a couple of names it's, for it's it. It's a back, essentially a backdrop. It's ba- yeah, it's, it's a, backdrop. a backdrop. They had a different name for it, but it's basically a backdrop. Um, there's scenic art is another term that gets used. They used a different term and I don't remember what it was. Um, Go for it and I'll, I'll see if they have. But um, so what we saw was uh, a giant backdrop. From, and what film was it from, Joel? One of your Northwest. Yep, from who exactly? Alfred Hitchcock. Yes, one of your favorite directors. Um, so the backdrop is of Mount Rushmore. So what you could do, and I think we've posted at least one of us. I don't think we posted no, anything we in front of this one. one. Okay. We, yeah, we, we saved them because we're going to post. Yeah, stuff we are going to post more this stuff. Weekend we did some stuff. It. We did some minor things on our on our shows page, and then I, I think both of us posted some things on our personal mm-hmm. Instagram pages. But you could stand in front of this backdrop that had the presence heads and Mount Rushmore behind you and take like a cool scenic shot that looks like you are actually at the location in uh, at the location of Mount Rushmore. It's for people that work do the line of work that we do. It's not really anything like that immaculate, but it's still really cool. And it's a nice, it's a nice kickoff to the museum to be able to kind of walk through and, see just how massive this backdrop is and the fact that they've been utilizing them since the 1940s essentially maybe even earlier than that you get completely like encapsulated Mm -hmm. in that image like it's it's incredible it's 34 feet tall yeah and you walk in there and it's just like like that being the first like thing that we saw Mm -hmm. which like you were right I, i totally forgot about this I just remember walking in, both of us going, oh, my God. Yeah. Was, like, yeah. Because especially because I didn't know what was going to be in there. Right. We had no know? clue. And we only going in, in. We only knew of very few things yes. that were going to be on display, uh, which is the best way to do it, which I actually meant to t- say at the top of this episode, like this will be spoiler heavy. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll probably put that in the title or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, this if you are planning on going soon or even if not soon, but you're a person who cares about spoilers. This will be very spoiler. I think a lot of the stuff is stuff that, like, if I told you it was there, it wouldn't ruin your anticipation. Oh yeah, definitely. So like, we can make note that like, hey, like, we're if you're going soon. I think like you said, if we're going soon, maybe hold off, go check out the museum, and then come back and listen. Mm -hmm. But if it's something that's like down the road for you, or like if you're out of town, which a lot of our friends are, or at least my friends, um, if you want to come visit it, it's not going to ruin the yeah the experience for him by the time you get there there'll probably be new things there as well yeah that's one thing they keep uh kept pressing on and especially at the press conference thing was that this museum is built to change update not just like the temporary exhibits but like even the main exhibits will over time rotate there's a lot of space to work with still yes um so that'll be interesting to see where they go with that um but yeah that, that thing was massive and it was totally impressive to see What's super cool about it is, I mean, it's scenic art, so it's hand painted, 
and you can get pretty close to it. I mean, you could we could have touched it. No, I don't think anybody would have noticed. But yeah, yeah and, and it's because it's like right there. Yeah, we only um, got yelled at once for touching stuff. We so. each got yelled at, not yelled at, but we each got politely asked politely to step asked, away. Asked, yeah, um, which yours was weird. Mine the was fact weird, that they yeah. said, and even mine was like, I get it. It was a bit much. Yeah, I get it, but I was like, okay. It's also the first day. So. Was it the guy? Did the guy that said something to you was that the guy that was like complaining that it was the like, yeah? It was a really this, this was a, uh, this was also the guy who told me something uh, was also complaining about his job <laughs> literally the first day, uh, which is hilarious. We were literally like at that point maybe two hours into being yeah. open, and he was already like, "Yeah, it's really difficult." It's like, bro, <laughs> like, what are you doing? Um. Anyway, so yeah, you can get really close to it, and it, it's just gorgeous, like. You can see the texture of the paint and, you know, the edges of it kind of chipping away. And it's just, it's just impressive. Like, that's one of the biggest things that was so awesome to take from this was like seeing a lot of these pieces up close. Yeah. No matter what it was, whether it was a costume or a set piece or a prop, like seeing these items up close and seeing just how much hard work went into all of them, you know, and it was really impressive. This did a great job of kind of showing every aspect of filmmaking, whether it be behind the scenes type stuff, actual production type stuff, the super artistry type stuff, yeah. the business type stuff, like yeah. everything. I think there's it. really something for everybody in here. Wouldn't absolutely. you say like, absolutely. if you're like, if you're like us and we, we just love film and to stress, like, you know, it's the Academy Museum. It's all film related mm-hmm. stuff. It's not like film and television or anything like right. that. Then there's something for us. Cause we're like in depth things that we're mm-hmm. catching, or maybe we're learning things from plaques or presentations that we didn't know about. And then for the average fan, it's just like, oh, shit, it's that thing. Oh, yeah. it's that thing. It's that thing. It's just there's something really for everybody. Yeah. Um, okay. So then. So what was that first thing you wanted to first thing mention? I was mentioning was you walk in and you walk into the first level of or well, this is now, I guess, level two of uh, stories of cinema. You walk in, there's this big, like, three screens that kind of, again, show different, like, clips from movies, which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I would, it's the same thing. Like, that's another spot where it's like, I would have loved to stand there and watch the whole loop and see yeah, the things they absolutely. show. Yeah, Because I was talking to another person. He was like, yeah, when I walked in, it was showing this, this, and this. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. I wish I had seen that. But you see a big Citizen Kane poster, and it's signed by Orson Welles, which is awesome. Yeah. And then you go around the corner, and there's Rosebud, the sled. If you've seen Citizen Kane, or if you're just a movie fan in general, like, Rosebud is this, like relic of is it's not film it's not conjecture to say it's probably one of the most iconic props in filmmaking right and and not even because of like like a lot of people wouldn't recognize it yeah. most people probably haven't seen citizen Kane. i feel like most people that were at the event the same day we were knew, knew exactly right. what that was yeah and so just seeing it was like like citizen Kane is fine i enjoyed the film yeah but like seeing that and like just staring at it it was something that I was like, I can look at this all day mm. because it was like, I don't know how to describe it. It was just one of those things where it's like, this is so historic and it's right there. When it's the only one left. It's the only one left. There were three made. Um, the last one Steven Spielberg bought years ago, which I remember hearing about. Um, and then it actually said on the plaque donated by Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it'd be like. It'd be like if the Honus Wagner baseball card was on display mm. and you got to look at it. It's yeah. like this this thing that like everyone knows what it is and knows the value that it holds. Right. And here it is. Like yeah. you were finally getting to, to look it. at it. Yeah. You know? And so seeing the rosebud was I was like, oh my God. Like it's I, I and I knew it was gonna be there too. That was one thing that like they advertised years ago was like, we're gonna have rosebud, like and that's what I'm so excited for is there's things that they mentioned like we do have, but they weren't on display yet. So I'm mm. like, okay, down the road I know they're gonna have these. Yeah. Um 
but yeah, I mean, I don't know, I don't know how you felt, but like just looking at that, I was like, just baffled. It was incredible. Yeah, I mean, that first section then you walk into is very much like, didn't really. It, I guess if there was any really theme to it, it was just like, cla- like not even classic. It's just like very. I don't. Do you know where I'm trying to kind of You're go? You're talking about this? the room with the rosebud, right? Yeah, because like there, it's like an open space that leads into the next room, yeah. but there's like. I will like say eight like, different displays in there. Yeah, I will say there were a lot of areas of the museum that didn't seem to have any rhyme or reason behind no. them, which I was fine with. Yeah, it didn't bother me. Um, yeah, just like stuff was just placed somewhere. Yeah, like there was a whole section of the... Basically, like it's like you were saying, it's like one massive room that's like split into sections. Mm-hmm. And like one of those sections was completely based on real women have curves, which <laughs> yeah. is like I didn't expect to well, go... And it was all about... But on each section was based on a different aspect of filmmaking because right. like that one was like uh, uh, location scouting. Yes. And well, no, I don't even think it was just that though. I think it was just like like they did talk about that, but like I feel they like had the was, map that they drew. Yeah, they had the map and all that stuff. Yeah, I don't know. It was maybe next the first time, part was weird. Yeah, maybe yeah. next time we go through, it'll be more of like, a, oh, okay, now I I see how yeah. they're navigating this. It was because they had like they had this the Citizen Kane with the poster mm-hmm. signed by Orson, and then I think we walked in next, and that's where the Bruce, Bruce Lee, Lee stuff was. Yeah, yeah. So they had the stuff from Enter the Dragon. They had his costume from there, and they had like. Like an official Bruce Lee like baseball card. What was yeah, it? Yeah, that was, there was a few of those. That yeah. was sick. And was like, like the little that. membership card they gave people at like the opening. Weekend. Yeah, they had the Green Hornet baseball card, right? That's what it was. Yeah, it was a Green Hornet baseball card. Yeah, it was, it was weird. That and, and that kind of we were trying to figure out how tall Bruce Lee really was. Yeah, we were. And what did we decide? We never even looked it up, did we? We never looked it up. I, I think, think we settled on like, like five, five, five. five we were like five, four, five, five. Yeah. Let me see. Because he, uh, he was on a platform and he was crouching. So we were like, how tall do we think he is? Crouching Tiger. Nope, it's not that one. Oh, wow. He was 5'8". Five 5'8"? Eight. Five eight? That's my height. I was going to say, yeah, it's about your height. Um, So that exhibit, or the, the Bruce Lee section, is a perfect example of me to touch on something that I thought was one of my favorite things about the museum. Is So in that section, they had sketches that he drew yes and then like on the script pages on the script pages and then like notes he was taking on his mm-hmm. script and there was that, a lot of that in the museum and that's what i was gonna say that was one of my favorite things about the museum was like seeing all these scripts and stuff with notes from the people who made them mm-hmm. you know whether it was like like there was john houston's notes on a copy of maltese falcon what like it's incredible well, the laura dern ones the laura on dern jurassic one, park yeah you know? well i don't think it was it wasn't jurassic park it was something else oh no it wasn't jurassic park you're right it was but um, it was laura dern it was a uh, Blue. No, I don't know. I have a picture of it. Yeah. But like just seeing that kind of stuff, it's like seeing their process, you know, and like, okay, like this is how this person thinks about this. And it was blue. Yeah. Blue velvet. It was Um, blue velvet. Okay. And like, I don't know. That was really cool to me because that's so personal. Yeah. I mean, Bruce Lee drew drew an entire dragon. Yeah. On one of the pages. It was like, holy shit. It was like when I went to that, um, well, both when I went to the Walt Disney Family Museum and then when I went to the Disney archives exhibit that was out of here, like seeing stuff that was like signed by Walt. Yeah. It's just like incredible. It's like, this man is an icon Yeah, and created one of my favorite things in the whole world. And it's like, I never got to be around when he was alive. Chili. Yes. Chili <laughs> and the scotch mist. Um, and here I am getting to like see stuff that he, you know, wrote on and signed. And I don't know. It's really cool. Um, from there, the end of the dragon stuff, we went into, was there anything else in that? kind of mishmash room i don't have anything else in my pictures that i remembered that in that room yeah well there was that uh that editing bay that they used for oh uh, yeah i don't remember what movie it said they used it for um which that's cool stuff i mean i like tech 
So seeing the techie type stuff was there. Let me see if it says, I think I took a picture of that. Yeah. I don't remember what it was for, but there was like a cool big setup that they had. Cause like, I think it was from like the 1950s or maybe the gear was from. I can't. It was old. It was old school. But that that was really what that whole section was about, though. It was just like showcasing like how each department kind of works, and that's what they were doing. Like there was yeah, they were kind of like one on film it. was touching on editing, one was on location scouting, one was on script writing. Like it was that's what was cool about that first section. It was weird the films that they chose to have to showcase all that stuff, but it was still cool what they were doing. There was a there was a section in that room too uh, for Oscar Michelle who was yes. a African-American um, producer and director way back in like the 20s, 30s, mm. and 40s. Um, so there's a little section on him. Uh, same thing with some like notes and scripts and stuff that he had. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of what else was in that room. I think we kind of... I think we, that was... I would, I would venture to guess that this was... Of all the rooms that were in there, If you t- outside of Rosebud, that was maybe mo- the least exciting room just because there wasn't really... There wasn't really. Oh no, there was another one that probably was less exciting. But this one, this one was probably like just kind of felt like it was just kind of thrown together. Yeah, just, just kind of like a, a couple of like, here's some things. Yep, enjoy um, your things. From there, we go into this little like this round. Is, here room. we go. Yeah, this is a good one. Yeah, you go into this round room with a bunch of Oscars, starting all the way back from 1929, the mm-hmm. first Academy Awards. Correct. Um, to present day, what was the most recent Oscar they had in there? It was Moonlight, but it wasn't their best picture. It was. It was their adapted. No, it was their screenplay one. Yeah, yeah. that Barry Jenkins um, d- don't uh, dedicate dedicated his screenplay one, and then and the year before that had an Oscar representative as well, but I don't remember what film it was. I don't know if I took a picture of that one, but yeah, Moonlight was definitely the most recent one. And Ryan, what was our favorite Oscar? This we did post a picture with. So I think we each took. So I think, in terms of like our personal preferences, I think there's three answers here. There's one for me, one for you, but the real answer. Yes. So for me, we had the. The 19, oh no, the, for, no, this one was for you. For me, it was 1977, or no, 1978 Academy Awards, uh, the winner for Best Visual Effects for Star Wars. Yes. And then for you, we have at the 1983 Oscars, Academy Award for Sound Effects Editing for E.T. Mm-hmm. But the real answer. But the, yeah. the answer. 2002 Academy Awards. Right? Do I have the year right? Because uh, it came out in 01, right? It came out in 01, yeah. yeah. So 2002 Academy Awards. The very first winner on it, on, in its it category. It says on the trophy, though. It says 2001. Oh, interesting. So I don't know. The very first winner in its category. We had the Academy Award winner for Best Animated Feature Film, Shrek. That was... Something I had no expectation mm-hmm. of seeing. I remember I remember we were going around just looking at them, and I spotted it first. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I just pointed at it, and you were like, oh, we yeah. got to take a picture of this. That was the last thing I expected to yeah. see at the Academy Museum. Like, bravo. Yeah. Bravo. Shouts um, to DreamWorks. DreamWorks for donating your Shrek Oscar. Yeah. They, they're just always going to flex on Disney that they <laughs> won, won the, first. the very first one. Even though that like Disney had animated films nominated for best picture yes dreamworks is still just like yeah but you know you can't win that category anymore so. our good old friend jeffrey katzenberg we'll touch on him again later um yeah so that was that was shocking that little room is cool i liked um, it i some, wish it was more expansive yes there were some elderly women sitting in the middle of the room so i would have liked to sit on that chair yeah. just like in the middle and looking at it all um but i feel like that wasn't my space at the time no it, it was wasn't. uh owed to those elderly women mm-hmm. bench was probably put there for them <laughs> 
Uh, but that was cool. And then that led into an exhibit that was not based. It was based on somebody that I'm not super involved in their work. But uh, it was a very impressive exhibit. No, that's not. It wasn't next. Yeah. No, the Oscar room was next. Oh, you're right. You're yeah. right. You're right. Yeah. Not not the not the Oscar room. Because they connected. Yes. Well, I guess this one should be called the the Academy Awards the Academy Awards show. ceremony room. Yeah, the yes. ceremony. Yeah. That one was next. Um, that was pretty cool. This one was a space that I think they're like. I think they're not done. Well, they had two costumes in there. Yeah. They had and, they had a, they had a Rita Moreno's dress from the Academy Awards a couple years ago, and they had Cher's dress from a mm-hmm. show in the '90s. And then everything else is just screen. It's like a universal ride. There's just well, screens all around. But you. there was like, on and, the, and then like I thing, was getting to yeah. the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is, there was like a massive, and we talked about this day of. There was a massive, like, empty space. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah. they had the huge table with all the space on. There's two costumes. Yeah, on it. it's like that seems kind of weird. Um, but inside, what I was gonna say right now, this is what I thought you were referring to, is like inside of that table, like on the edges, there was like display cases. Yes, like there is things in there. Um, one of my favorite things being. The envelope and the card for yes, Moonlight absolutely. winning Best Picture. Yeah. Which you look iconic. at this and it's like, how? How did he screw this up? Yeah, iconic. I have no clue. Warren, ba- Warren Beatty is going to walk through one day and see that. Like, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't understand. And then right next to it, there's a letter that he wrote to Barry Jenkins yeah, congratulating, congratulating him. him. Yeah. Um, yeah, that room was pretty cool. You'd get to watch videos of different people. Like, yeah, they're doing acceptance accepting speeches. Oscars, and it just yeah. keeps, it goes in like a timeline order. Like we were, when we were there, they were in like the, the mid 2000s going mm-hmm. into like the late 2010s so we got to hear a couple of those it was cool um but the one you were referring to next is one director in particular had his own exhibit and i think he was the only one right no other director he's the only director to have right. his own exhibit. like other properties had their own exhibits but only this director had his own exhibit inside it was for spike lee yes and and see this is an area and i was talking to some other folks who visited who we all agree this is probably not something that's going to be permanent right obviously like no they'll change all around his stuff like yeah. this isn't just like things like these yeah are, he owns he's all a personal stuff. there are personal items yes. dedicated to spike from other very famous people right and so i'll be interested to see if they choose to have this be a room that is constantly dedicated to a director yeah that would be or interesting. if it'll just turn into like you know here's what we're putting in here next mm-hmm. um because it would be interesting to see you know different directors and and, and the items that they bring um, but his room was incredible. Yes. There was some very cool stuff there. Again, I, I actually don't think I've ever seen a single Spike Lee film. I want to see Black Klansman a that couple years ago. Um, and I've always wanted to see Do the Right Thing. That, that's the one we both were like, we need to watch that. Yeah. He Got Game is one of my favorites. I really enjoy that one. Um, they had a they had an autographed jersey of Jesus Shuttlesworth mm-hmm. himself. <laughs> oh, I also wanted to watch The Five Bloods. Did not watch that either. Oh, the newest one. That's yeah. his newest movie. Yeah. And they had his um they had his uh, tuxedo that he wore to the Academy Awards. The Kobe one. Yeah. yeah. That was dedicated to Kobe. That was really. That cool. was very like, cool. You you don't notice it on TV like how it looks, and then we see it in person like wow, yeah. like that's very detailed. But like he has a guitar from Prince. Yeah, like these are like uh, I would say like these are famous. These are like famous yeah. people that he has stuff from. Like uh-huh. he's got uh, he had a lot of posters from like films that inspired him and other people he respected. Like he had posters signed by uh, Steven Spielberg, signed by George Lucas, uh, Scorsese, yes, yeah, Malick, yeah. like Terrence yeah. Malick. Francis, Ford, yeah, Francis Ford Coppola had an entire wall of yeah, stuff. Like it, it was crazy. Yeah, um, Wynton Marsalis signed trumpet, which I think is awesome. Yeah, a trumpet player. Um, but yeah, we each took a photo. I took one with the the Jurassic Park poster signed by Steven Spielberg. Ryan took a George Lucas one with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So that was an awesome room. Yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. Um, from there, there was a little small alleyway 
with some items. This is where they had like the, the storyboards. Yes, they had the storyboards. One in particular that is hilarious. <laughs> they had uh, which one are you talking about? The, um, the they had so they um they had the storyboards for Scary Movie Two. Oh yes. And both of us said the same thing. We're like, if we when we bring Cameron here. He's going to be like, this shouldn't be here. <laughs> um, yeah, that one was kind of like about like, I don't want to say it was like about pre-production, but like, like that's where they it had was, the, yeah. the, the script signed by John, or not signed by, but notes John by John Houston. No, the John Houston one. Um, well, the John Landis one too. Yeah, we don't talk about John Landis. Yeah. Um, John Houston's uh, Maltese Falcon script, which was like, whoa. And they had uh, Nicholas Pagelli, uh, Pelegi's uh, Goodfellas script was in there as well. This one thing I took a photo of. Gregory, was Peck, like, Gregory Peck's sick. from To Kill a Mockingbird. Like, there's a lot of good ones. Oh, see, I don't even think I noticed that. Yeah. I think I was so enthralled, or enthralled. I was so, like, encapsulated by this next thing, which was the typewriter that Psycho was written on. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, these are the types of things that you see at this museum that yeah. you're like, you know what? I had zero expectation yeah. to see this, but this Here, is awesome. This is awesome, yeah. Uh, and it's, it's funny because someone else the other day was like, hey, is it true they have the typewriter that Psycho was written on there? I was it like, does. yeah, they yeah. do. Absolutely. It is very cool. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's the only like typewriter we even saw. Like, I think there's a few. I think yeah. the, the Mankiewicz. I think Mankiewicz's typewriter was there. They maybe? had a script signed by him. I don't. Did they have a typewriter? I can't remember. I know maybe. they had. I know we noticed something. We yeah. noted Mankiewicz had. Like, it was a next to Rosebud. They yeah. had his like a, a copy of the script. Right. Yeah. Go see Mank. Okay, that's what it was. Go see. Well, you don't have to Netflix. go see it. It's yeah. on Netflix. Watch yeah. Mank. I mean, I you can still I go. It. Go to your room and watch. Mank. I watched it. Watch it on the toilet if you need to. You could. Did you see it? I did. Okay. Yeah. We both watched it. I want to watch it again. It was one of those movies that I was like, it's 10 p.m. and I'm watching this. Yeah, I did the same thing. Uh, it was like, oh, the Academy Awards are in a couple days. Yeah. I need to catch up. Um, okay, this very next room, I, I loved. And this was a movie that I've only seen a handful of times. Before we go into that, why don't we do a quick break for the ads? Hey, quick word to our sponsors. All right, Cole, we're back. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that was a mess. <laughs> hey, that's staying in there. You keep going. No. All you right, keep so, our shit in there. You keep going. So we are back. Um, the room I'm talking about now. I'm about to say something that some people are gonna be like, "Well, yeah, you call yourself a movie fan." Oh yeah, you told me this when we saw it. Yeah, I've only seen Wizard of Oz maybe three times, and all when you were young, and all when I was young. Like I, I honestly could. Maybe give you a rough estimate of what the movie is about. I know what it's about, but I couldn't like give you like a like a beat sheet where I break down the story. No, that'd be hard. Yeah, you know? I feel like I would struggle with that a little bit too. So anyway, it's a fairly long movie. There's a lot going on. Yeah, I think it's an hour forty-five or something like that. Yeah, there's um, a lot going on, which is not a not long movie. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yep. Um, so you walk into this room and it is all Wizard of Oz. The very first thing you see is Dorothy Ruby Slippers. Yep. And it was awesome, but this was one thing, and I tried so hard not to be like this today, but this was one thing I did it with. I took photos of this. I do not recall actually looking at them. That was one item mm. that I don't remember actually, like, going up and inspecting. Because, like, okay. you're going to ask Ryan, and we were both kind of doing the same thing, but, like, I would be, like, standing, like, inches from the cases of things yeah, and just, like, was. glaring at them and, yep. like, deeply inspecting it's them. It's very uncomfortable for everybody uh, involved. <laughs> uh, I, one thing in particular I'll talk about in a little bit. Um, that I was glaring at for a while. Um, but yeah, I don't remember actually looking at the slippers and I was like, you know, those I, I would have liked to actually look. Yeah. At well, those. no, you just said it and I completely forgot about them. Yeah. Cause there were so um, many other, like there were so many other things from yes. there that were so cool from a behind the scenes. Standpoint. Yeah. And I was going to say, actually the very next little, there was like a weird, like 
sub room from this Wizard of Oz room that had something that you really loved. We'll do that after the Wizard of Oz part. Okay, so you want to go through all of Wizard yeah. of Oz. Um, one thing in the Wizard of Oz section that I loved, well, two things specifically. One was the lion. They had his mane. Yeah. And that was just incredible to see, like, the way they made that, mm-hmm. you know? And it's so funny because you look at the ears and they look all cheap and plasticky. Like, nowadays, yeah. if they were to make that... It would look so realistic, but those ears literally looked like you could have well, made Well, nowadays them. it would just be a CGI lion. Stop, Ryan. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was like really cool to see. Um, and it's the last remaining one, much like Rosebud. It's the last one known in existence, yeah. um, which is the same as like, I, or not the same, but I didn't know this until I read this at the museum. The Tin Man's costume is said to be lost. Yeah, no, no one knows, one knows where, where it, is, it is, which is sad. Um, they have his oil can. They had his oil can. That was pretty cool. Uh, and what was in the oil can, Ryan? <laughs> chocolate syrup chocolate syrup yeah never knew that they use the psycho technique yeah um something that i thought was great though and this is just i ask ryan i was like gawking over it so they had both of dorothy's dresses and what i mean by both oh yeah yes is one of my favorite stories in all of of cinema history in terms of production is if you didn't know this one of the big things for wizard of oz of course is that it was in color and but it transitions but it transitions from black and white to color. Mm-hmm. So everything up until the point where Dorothy goes into Oz is shot in black and white. Right. But the scene where she literally opens the door and steps out into Oz, the way they shot that, because they didn't have the tech to transition from black and white in or, or sepia into color. Yeah. So what they did was when she's facing camera all, all the way up until that last shot where you see her facing camera that is all shot in black and white mm-hmm. then once the camera turns and we see the door they had her stand in yep. wearing a sepia toned version of the dress and painted these sets the interior of the house in sepia toned colors mm-hmm. have her open the door and if you watch the scene she opens the door and steps out of frame and when she steps out of the frame then Judy Garland steps in right. in the colored dress and steps into the Oz, which is all in color. So all of that was shot in color, that entire sequence, but they made it look like it was black and white because the dress and the set pieces. And I learned that story, you know, years ago. And it just, I was so inspired by that. Like, yeah, it's really it, cool. like it, it was emotional for me seeing those dresses because like that is something, like to me that was filmmaking. Yes. You know, and then, I don't know. I, I think you had said you hadn't heard that story. Well, before. no. What's funny though is we saw that, and I didn't know the story, and you were so excited to tell me, and you told me the whole story, and we took a small yeah. little turn, and on the side of the case, it says it literally exactly tells the story. what Joel said to me. And then right behind that, on the screens, they were showing that clip. Yeah. And I literally like, like I said, this is a movie we stopped I've seen and watched maybe it. three times, yeah. and I stopped and watched that, and I was like, like that was a very emotional moment seeing all that because it was like. This is history right here, yeah. you know, much like the rose, but like seeing these two dresses and seeing it in action right there behind yeah. you. It was That's just, the, it those was are incredible. some things that I don't think will ever leave the museum. Oh no, like, absolutely not. Yeah. It's, it's, it was, even if like they toned down the wizard of Oz display, I think like something like that yeah. will have to stay. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Like you said, it's filmmaking. Absolutely. And uh, they had one of the cameras, uh, one yeah. of the, uh, the one th- of my, my favorite thing that I saw, well, there were two really, they show how in depth the sets were, mm-hmm. which like, like especially like the the munchkin land i don't know what it's called in the movie i already forgot i apologize if it's not called munchkin land but uh but whatever it is i know lollipop guild and all that stuff but um 
just those are those are practical sets that they built. Like they had the background stuff that we were talking about earlier. Um, they had that in the in the background and painted, but it's like they built the village. Yes, like they built it inside of a massive soundstage at the old MGM lot. Um, so seeing like pictures of them how they were constructing it and seeing like a behind the scenes of like the actors on the set, mm. and then you see all the camera and crew as well. Like that was really cool. But my favorite thing that we saw in that display was for special effects. Mm, so yeah. one of the biggest special effects in filmmaking, especially from back then is the tornado. And they have this little video and like you were walking around. So but I sat there and I watched this yeah. whole thing. Like I was like, I'm really curious about how they did this. So I don't remember the special effects person's name. I apologize to apologize to insert. Yeah. Here. Insert here. <laughs> um, but they said they tried like 10 different things. And they could not get the their contraption, whatever they were doing, to ma- simulate a real tornado going. Until they finally decided to, they took almost like these, I don't even know like how, to, it's like, it was almost like a lampshade material. Yeah, it was like, it was some sort of fabric. Yeah, like it was, it was a fat, it was, but it was built like, it was built like a, like a clothish lampshade mm-hmm. basically, but it was like a giant tube. Like a tube, yeah. Yeah, and it was, it was like, tightly packed to the bottom and spread out wider as you went up. And what they did is they had two rigs, one at the bottom and one at the top. There's a plane coming. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure that's thunder. Oh, it's, is it? Is it yeah, storming it's, now? It's storming outside. This is, for those of you that listen to our show and are not from uh, Southern California, this is not normal for us. I don't even live over here, but where I'm from, I'm getting text messages from people saying it's pouring. Oh, okay. It's Actually, raining. I'm getting texts from people that are in the area that are saying it's pouring. There you go. Um, but anyway, there's a, rig at the, it. there's a rig at the bottom and a rig at the top. And what they would do is they had like pulley systems on each side. And somebody would pull the bottom one and somebody would pull the top one to simulate this big mass of fabric to spin around like crazy mm-hmm. moving from left to right left to right to simulate it looking like a tornado and then they would just build like model sets of the house and things like that to like throw it in there in post to make it look like it's the real set piece um and then also what they did is they had the projection of it as well and built like a very tiny set like the size of like a bed mm-hmm. basically for judy to walk on with the screen playing in the background and how they did it was the camera would be facing Judy, like facing Judy's back. Cause she's looking into the projection and then there's a projector all the way behind it projecting onto the screen as well. Yeah. So like the whole way that they did that, just basically the two big things we talked about, the whole thing that they did for starting with the tornado and transitioning to her going to Oz. It's just like incredible. It's filmmaking. Just, it's filmmaking. That's yeah. a, we talk so much about films from today Mm-hmm. And I love films from today. I love the things that we're able to accomplish because of CGI. Correct. But nothing will ever beat practical effects Mm -hmm. and watching classic films and seeing things and just saying how. And just learning how how they did it. How did they do this? Yeah. You know, it's it's incredible Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, But yeah, in terms of the Wizard of Oz room, there's a little section we'll get to next. But before we go to that stuff, did you want to touch on that other room that we were talking about? That you were a huge fan of. Yeah, so there's a room where oh, there were a couple offshoots ones, and we'll try and remember all of them. I think there were four. Uh, so we'll do the first two now because um, there's sound, which I'll do I'll do this one, and then you do the sound one. Um, okay. So the first one was all about casting, and 
they have a TV screen. In all these rooms, they had a, except for one, they had a TV screens playing like mm-hmm. what they're describing and what you're kind of seeing and f- seeing in the room and seeing on the screen. And this one is just old tape of actors submitting to auditions. Um, so it's just like it's like like it's really hard to explain. It's just really old footage yeah. of actors before they became the people that you know them as today. It was so, like the tapes that got them the roles that. Yeah, like one of them was be, McConaughey's yeah. audition for Days and Confused. Mm-hmm. It was like an iconic audition. Like I read his book, and he even said like, "Yeah, somebody I met a guy in like a parking lot or something like right. that, and he was friends with Richard Linklater, and he thought I would be perfect, and boom, here it happened." Um, and then around the room is like Polaroid shots of the actors. That's how you used to submit. Um, would be like you would come to the set and there'd be a Polaroid taken of you. It wasn't always just the headshot thing that they were doing. They had those too, but after you met with the casting directors, they would take a Polaroid of you for their own personal um, personal files, I guess, as they were deciding who to cast. Um, and next to those, they would have those dated, and then next to those, there would be cards for some of the actors, and it would have like notes about them after they went into the audition. And I don't think they had any that were like derogatory, like yeah, this person's never gonna make it. Right. Um, but it was a lot of them, like. The McConaughey one was like, yeah, this guy's just going to be an absolute star. Like, mm-hmm. we need to cast him in this role. So it was just really cool to see a lot of these people's beginnings, like yeah. where they started. Because the video the video showed, you know, an audition from Hilary Swank, the McConaughey. There was a whole segment about Chiwetel Ejiofor. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I could have sat in there all day and watching that video and watching those auditions because it was incredible. I did not have to, but like... I almost had to drag Ryan out of the It's room. true, yeah. I would could have I could have kept going. Um that room was just I loved it. Mm-hmm. But then the the one next to it was the sound one. Well, it was like across from it. It was oh, over yeah. the sound one was over by the the special effects thing you're talking about cuz remember it was sound and Oh yeah, was, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was yeah. It was on the same in the same same room, yeah. yeah. This thunder is incredible. Yeah. I'm actually kind of sad that we're missing this rain. I'm going to open the blinds. <laughs> um maybe there's lightning too. Anyway, so the sound room has a scene. Not, I shouldn't say a scene. The opening of Raiders of the Lost Ark, which I'm going to assume that everyone that's listening to our show has seen Raiders of the Lost Ark. Is it raining out there? Not yet. No rain. That's interesting. Oh. But just thundering very loudly. Yeah. Um, it's the opening sequence of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Indy steals the idol. He's running with Cepito. Throw me the whip. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was... Broken down, which I think is hilarious, mm-hmm. um, in a similar way that WB does uh, at one of their exhibits. But basically, it is at showing the studio you, tour. Yeah. yeah, it is showing you the sound mix for Raiders of the Lost Ark. It starts with nothing. It starts with just the production sound, which is like whatever was heard while they were filming. Correct. And then it moves into just the dialogue, mm-hmm. the ADR, the ADR. And then after that, and Ryan's going to be doing some ADR soon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> After that, it goes into, I believe it was effects, the effects track. After that, it was the Foley track. So it was, Foley and effects were kind of split, which yeah. is funny because they're kind of the same thing, but not. Um, well, it was like, well, the the difference is Foley is the ones that like a, like a, person, a yes. person can create on their own, right. which is most of them, especially back mm-hmm. then. But they did have like, they had other ones that they just pulled from from other libraries well, and things like it was that. the way that they did it there was like the foley effects were all things that were like based on the person on screen so like yeah. footsteps clothes ruffling stuff like that there is 
happenings outside yeah. thunder yeah. sirens all it's armageddon out this there this sounds like an episode of podcast the ride right now they've been recording in scott's garage and yeah. just sirens all the time um and he's here in burbank too we have to we have to tell people we don't have to go through all of them we have to tell people what they used for the sound of the boulder I don't even remember. You don't remember? The sound of the polter. It was a car. It was a car oh, dri- yes. driving slowly on gravel. Yeah, and then they they slowed that down. Yep, and they slowed that down even more. That's the That's, sound of yeah. the boulder chasing after. Which I love fully. Yeah, fully. Like, I, I I used to always Foley's tell people one of my Foley. favorite things yeah. in the world. Um, it would be so fun to be a foley artist. Absolutely. Uh, just getting to create sounds in all kinds of which ways, and it's like funny because like some sounds, it's just like, oh, for the sound of his footsteps. We used uh, footsteps, yeah. you know, and then it's like other things. It's like and then, for the sound of him punching this wall, we used we shot uh, metal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we took this sledgehammer and smashed it through um, ten pounds of gelatin and steel wool. It's mm-hmm. like what? Um, but anyway, it was, it was basically sound breakdown. They go through each layer and then they, they show you the final. Sound so mix. although they do the score and, and then the score, yes, yeah. and then they uh, the, the final and then sound it's the mix. final mix. Yeah, and then right next to that, literally like. You're walking in, and then you can either go left or right. Left is the sound one. To the right was cinematography, which was a room mm. I easily could have sat in and spent a long time. That's another one, yeah. But when we walked in, it was from a film that I didn't recognize. And yeah. again, we were like kind of on a time crunch, and this was one of those things that I was like, I know I can come back and just see Correct, this again. Yeah. Um, so we stayed there for a little bit, and then we left. Um, it was just really talk. That one was kind of not as in-depth. Yeah. It was just kind of directors and cinematographers talking about how they shot yeah. certain like the one we kind of saw the to most, most of, people will probably not be fascinated. Yeah, for us it was interesting for me i could sit yeah. there all day for the one that we saw most was eternal sunshine of the spotless mind mm-hmm. and which how, was cool it was interesting to see yeah because yeah. the cinematographer they what did they say like she was deaf right or was she colorblind she, no she was, was she was deaf and she, yeah, she or was partially deaf, deaf. She was, so oh she yeah was she lost her hearing in one ear and partially in another one yeah, yeah and so she was saying how you know being a dp just makes sense because her loss of hearing has just enhanced her her visuals and if you watch that movie like the tone list visually is very like grainy Mm -hmm. but like still colorful yes so it kind of shows like in her process like why it works and like Mm -hmm. how she said like she would let the actors just riff like that's you know jim carrey and kate winslet they don't really need a lot of direction when on set they they know what they're doing so it was just kind of cool to see her talk about that Mm -hmm. but yeah that's a that's you could probably spend an entire day in each of these. And if you are into these elements, you could spend an entire day in each of these theaters. Yeah. I think the sound one is just Indiana Jones. It'd be yeah, cool it, if they it, rotated yeah, those around. Ended, but that was it. Which, yeah. yeah it was like, I agree. It would have been cool to have more, but yeah. also I think it's one of those situations where it's like, okay, if we just do this and keep looping, people will watch it and then they'll leave. Yeah, and they'll you keep know? going. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you want to take us into the next room? I think was that the end of the floor? Did we still no, no, no. There's still one more room. Where are we going? With something that Whoa. you loved. Oh what? So the next room was full of costumes. Oh yeah, and something in here yeah. that Ryan loves, which we'll get to. Yeah, the costumes um, are hilarious. But this was great. There was a lot of costumes, which I love costumes. I me too. Think costumes are great. I think what makes it so fun is it's like this was the this is gonna sound like such a basic like obvious sentence, but mm-hmm. it's like this is the thing the character wore. Yeah, you know, and it's like. When you think of a character, you think of what they're wearing. Correct. You know, you if people dress up as characters all the time, right? So we wear them, we dress up as them however we see fit. Um, but there were some really cool ones in there. Some highlights for me um, were Cooper's spacesuit from Interstellar, Matthew McConaughey's um, character, yeah. Mia's dress from La La Land. Both of those costumes are costumes character. I've actually seen before elsewhere. Yeah, same. Um, but it was cool to see those. 
Um, and then we got Florence Pugh's uh, the May, May Queen. Yes, her, her like the big flower the, display, which was, was great. I've, I've have never seen. Yeah. I've got uh, a Midsummer. Will not watch Lep- it. Lupita Nyong'o's character, uh, her red, I think was the character's name. The evil version of her and us mm-hmm. that yeah. was there. That was really cool. Like the jumpsuit. Um, it, it had a pair of scissors, didn't it? It did, yeah. yeah. Uh, Russell Crowe's uh, Maximus mm-hmm. armor Meridius, from Maximus Meridius, yeah, uh, from uh, from Gladiator was there. Um, we how uh, Taron Egerton's uh, his like devil uh, costume yes. from Rocket Man. Rocket Man. That one was massive. I really enjoyed that one. Uh, we had the dude costume, the dude Big Lebowski, Jeff uh, Jeff uh, Bridges, Scarlett Johansson's mermaid, yeah, from, from Hail uh, Caesar, Hail Caesar, and. Uh, I think there was... There's one more. There was one other costume that I didn't recognize what it was from, even after I read the movie. But there's one more that I was stoked about. And you even said you were like, oh boy, here we go. Yeah, it was uh, the one from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Aquafina's from Crazy Rich Asians was in here as well. Was it? Yeah. It was the one right next to Brad Pitt's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, yeah, I remember. So the one that. with like all the the one with all the animals on it, like yes. the bunnies on her dress. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, that was super cool room. Oh, <laughs> why don't you tell them about the thing <laughs> you loved sitting in there? Um, well, it was also, less about the thing and more about the juxtaposition. They also had like uh, a section that was like special effect costumes, mm-hmm. where it was like, you know, uh, Char- she had Martin makeup, yeah, essentially. Yeah. Uh, Charlize Theron in uh, famously in Bombshell, they they put her in prosthetics to make her look even more like Megyn Kelly. So they had like a little video talking about that, and they had some of the prosthetics there. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio um, in The Revenant, they had his bodysuit after he gets mauled by the bear. So it's like a bunch of body scars and stuff like that that he would put on to do that. Um, they also had, speaking of Charlie's Throne again, they had her fake arm from Mad Max Fury mm-hmm. Road, the both models, the first one and the second one. But the thing, and this is the, I told you, this is the only thing that I saw online before we went that I knew was there. They had face molds of a couple of actors, four in particular. <laughs> and... I'm going to make sure that I, I name all of them correctly. Um, so it was Clark Gable. It was Grace Kelly, Mel Brooks, and I, almost like current day Mel Brooks, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe like, older. yeah, maybe like 15, 20 years ago, <laughs> but, and no disrespect to this person whatsoever. He's a fantastic actor. I love almost everything he's in, but the fourth one was Don Cheadle. <laughs> and it was just kind of weird because like the other three were like, Oh, this famous actor date unknown. And then the Don Cheadle was like, Don Cheadle, date, 2019. I just thought it was like interesting. I thought they should have more of those. Honestly, like, I think it would have, it w- his would have stuck out less if there were more of them. Yes. And they had like, they had like one for Charlize. Like they had a big one for her. Um, but that one was separate from these others. And I remember seeing that on like Twitter or something. And I was like, that's such a weird, that's a weird combo of people to have. Like no disrespect to any of those people. Like it was just like. It was weird. I, I liked it, but I, I just kind of thought it was a little funny. No disrespect to Don Cheadle. He's fantastic. So, from there... We're finally done on the first floor now, right? Yes, I do want to touch on something, and this is going to sound bad. This is going to sound bad, but also I'm going to touch on something that someone made a great point about. Um, the last little section of that was this massive timeline. Not even really timeline, but like... I guess kind of. But... It's a little hallway that leads to the exit of that exhibit. And that entire hallway is dedicated to films about social justice. Mm. All different aspects of social justice. Um, you know, anything. Race relations and, and you know, gender relations and stuff like that. Um, which someone made a good point. That they put that at the very end of the exhibit. And, like, you have to go through that. Yeah. You can't skip it. Right. Um, 
That being said, we spent maybe three minutes in there. I couldn't even tell you anything we saw in there. And I say that not as a, like, we didn't care. Not to be disrespectful. But it was one of those things where it was like, it was just that. It was like, it was mainly all, like, writing. Yeah. You know, it was like like a wall of text, really. Um, There weren't, like, any items. I think there was maybe one or two video screens. Yeah. Um, But there wasn't, like, things there, you know, which would have been nice to see. Um, but I did like, as that person pointed out, it's like, oh yeah, they put this, like, you have to go through this, you know, which mm-hmm. it's, it's good. You know, this, this museum did a very good job of inclusion in mm-hmm. all aspects. Absolutely. Very good job of inclusion. Yeah. Um, it was one of those things where if we, if we didn't have to leave at a certain time that we did, we mm-hmm. would have probably slowed down and enjoyed yeah. it more. And it's one of those things where when we go back and we will go back, um, we'll, we'll probably take yeah. a closer I'm look I'm actually at trying it. to decide when I want to go back. Yeah, well, you can go whenever. So, um, Okay, so yes, then we finish on that floor. That was the biggest, that was the most in- extensive one, I would say, except for like one particular like big room, which is more like modern stuff and like the CGI mm-hmm. area that we're yeah. going to get to on the next floor. But other, I feel like we saw the most, the most that intrigued us was on the first floor, I would say. I don't know. I think the very last room is like the room. You think so? Yeah. The one, would... the one in, the, in the Jeffrey Katzenberg room? Yes. Yeah, but with that... That one we don't know, we don't know that much about the property that was in there. So oh no, no not that. Oh, you're no, tar- sorry, not that. The last part of the stories of cinema, I think, was the. I'm talking know, about where we'll, it was we'll all. Yeah, it. okay. We'll, well, I think next because next is uh, we go to animation, right? Yes, but this is something I want to touch on. And again, this is, I'm, this is me being honest, but also it's gonna make me sound like a jerk. But do you remember the first thing when we walked into this room? In the animation room. Well, no. Do you remember what was right before that? Oh. Um. Exactly. So, there was a whole room, a massive space. Oh, wait. This is for the second floor of the of, of the, the Mount Rushmore? Of no, 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 no. Not that. There was an entire space dedicated to this one Mexican director who, like, I've never heard oh, of. Oh, I forgot about that. Yes. Um, Which may be bad on me. But, like, I was even looking around all the signs, and, like, I didn't recognize them. Which, again, we just talked about how, like, they did a great job of inclusion. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, but that being said, like... That display was incredible. It was awesome. Because yeah. they had, like, those screens we talked about on the first floor, there was, like, another, like, ten of mm-hmm. them up there showing foreign film. But they yes. were all by this one director. And, yeah, like, you know, maybe a discredit to us. We don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. So we don't get to appreciate it as much. If you're somebody who may know this person... Or like when you go through or or are massive foreign film fans, like I'll be, you know, hand up. I'm not a huge foreign film fan, um, but I do enjoy them from time to time. Yeah, I watch foreign films, you know, here and there. But again, this was somebody who I just wasn't familiar with. Yeah, I'm not familiar with his work. And so it was like this. It just wasn't like anything that I was like, okay, I need to spend time here. We kind of walked through really quick. We looked at some of it's no different. Like it's no different. Like if um. You know, any director, any director that's out there that if we're not familiar with that work, we're not going to appreciate it as much. And that happens later on when we go to the the Jeffrey Katzenberg room. And if I I mean, and this other another hand up our bad thing. I don't even know for sure if he was Mexican. If if he. Oh, you you told me he was. I I was. I'm pretty sure I read that he's Mexican. um, But I also could be wrong. (laughs) That being said, that was the first thing. In this part of the stories of of uh, stories of cinema mm-hmm. exhibit, the next room, something Ryan and I both absolutely adore. Yeah, which is animation. Yeah, love it. And this room, 
again, we spent a decent bit of time here. We could have spent a ton of time. And we, but we also agree that there could have been a lot more. Yes, definitely. Um, but as usual, I think animation kind of gets the short end of the stick on most things. Very interesting what they chose to showcase in there. Mm -hmm. And there's a major studio with animation that was not located in here because it had its own exhibit, which we'll Mm -hmm. talk about towards the end. But, um, yeah, it was a very much a mishmash. Like there was a lot of Disney and, but it was like eras of Disney, Mm -hmm. but it was like, it was like Sleeping Beauty and Bam or Snow White had its own section. And then it transitioned to like Sleeping Beauty and Bambi together. And then it was Pixar and it was Inside Out and Up with two of our favorites. And Toy Story. And to- well, Toy Story had its own section. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, and then there was Frozen had a section. and Shrek. Well, that's, I'm talking about Disney though. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. And I think that was it on the Disney side. I took I took a ton of pictures in here. I can double check. Um, these are just well, like... like the include uh, Nightmare. No, yeah, Nightmare was one of them. I'm talking because there's. Are you talking about like just along the wall? Yeah, there's because there's stuff along the walls, and then there's the stuff in the center, um, which the center stuff I feel like like. I don't know which is more interesting. I really don't know what I prefer. I loved all the stuff on the walls. I probably stared at the Fantastic Mr. Fox puppets yeah, for like those were ten cool. minutes. Yeah, that was the item I was talking about earlier, where I was like, I was waiting for that guy to. This was the, the room where the guy was like, I, I this is very hard. Yeah. Um, and this is where I got in trouble. Not with the Fantastic Mr. Yeah, Fox. I got trouble earlier. Um, I don't remember what was it, what was in the case that I was looking at, but I basically like walked up to it very gently. I didn't like run, but and I just like rested my hands on the case. Like it's like waist high. Was it, it the was it the Jack Skellington heads? No, 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 no. Because no. this wasn't like a tabletop case. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. And I don't know. I don't remember. I think what was there were storyboards in there, maybe. Probably. Um, but I rested my hands on it because again, it was like. It was like the right height for you to like, oh, I'm going to rest my hands here. Mm-hmm. And this guy comes up. He's like, hi, excuse me, please. uh, Please. These sensors in here are very sensitive. So if you like tap your fingers or rock on it too hard, like you could set the sensors. Yeah. off. So if you could just back off a little bit, yeah. it's like, yeah, no worries. He said it to multiple people. Yeah. And it, yeah, I wasn't the only one. Um, there was also something that people weren't supposed to take photos of and everybody was taking pictures of. Ryan included. Yeah, me included, yeah. Um, Had no idea. He didn't get in trouble for it, though. So I, well, I didn't know. I didn't know he that didn't we weren't know. supposed to take pictures. But yeah, there's a little sign that like yeah. says, and I'm not like dogging you. are not outing me? There's a little sign that like says like no photos, but it's like you're very not really small. looking at it. Yeah, it's, it's very tiny. Small. And then we, when he told the the women next to us that we couldn't do it, I literally whispered over. He's like, I already took a picture. Yeah. But no, one of the things I was super hyped about seeing in there was um, they had a bunch of the Jack Skellington heads from Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. And the reason I was so excited was because there was a Tim Burton exhibit that had come to LACMA like years ago, like probably mm-hmm. like 2008. And that was one of the things they had there. And I wanted to see it so bad and we didn't end up going. Um, so finally getting to see those was awesome. But yeah, like Ryan said, tons of great stuff in the animation. Um, Frank Thomas's desk was there from when he was with that was really cool. Was his his actual see. desk was some of his real items in it. Yes, that was super cool to see. If people don't know who Frank Thomas is, he's... Um, one of the what are they grumpy old men? Right, nine, old they, men. nine old men. Sorry, nine old men. The nine old men. Uh, one of the originators of Walt Disney Animation. He was also a Hall of Fame baseball player. <laughs> yes, uh, not the same guy. No, same name though. Um, he, Frank Thomas, the uh, the the artist, is like, have you tried Nugenics? <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's a joke. Like three people are gonna get. <laughs> but it was great. It was a it was a cool little spot. Um, yeah, I didn't realize actually. This is the this is the third floor. So this is the end of this, like, 
three-story exhibit. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we're getting close. We're getting close to the end. Actually, small this section was. Yeah, we only really have like two more rooms to go through. Um, okay, so then there's this little hallway which had one of my favorite things we saw the entire thing, um, which was the T-Rex model from Jurassic Park. Yes, we're that, fi- yeah, we're going into the special effects section yes. now. And this one was this model specifically is the one that it has a bunch of sensors on it and they plug it into the computer the people would kind of animate it by hand and basically capture frames and then the computer would it's almost like it's like a stop motion almost they would you basically just yeah stop motion but that would go directly into a computer um and that's how they did some of the animations for the t-rex in jurassic park which of course is my favorite film so Mm -hmm. no they had they had so much like this room this room is also very much like a mishmash thrown together kind of thing which is random items yeah and that's why i kind of said like a hallway because it was like yeah. what led from the animation section to yeah. the next section that which was is the section that i think yeah i mean I, I, I don't know i think this this section we like because it's very much more prominent things that the average movie fan will know about Yeah, true like i just running through i'll burn through a couple of these real fast there's a uh, xenomorph head from mm-hmm. alien there is the 2001 Space Odyssey. They have uh, I don't remember whose suit it was. It was just it was just a suit. Yeah, one of the yeah, astronaut suits. It wasn't like one of the main characters. Um, and then they had the ship as well. Was there? Um, what is the name of that ship? Do you remember? The, name uh, of the, ship? the Space Odyssey. Space Odyssey. Thank I'm you. I'm just kidding. That was oh, a joke. oh geez. <laughs> uh, they had some stuff from Blade Runner. They had a real life ET puppet there. Wait, I'm trying to remember what they had from Blade Runner. Blade Runner. They had. Uh, um, I may have missed it's, this. Yeah, it's like this this tower. Oh yeah thing. yeah yeah. 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 Um, so they have a they have a full fledged ET puppet. Yes, that was exciting. For some reason, there's an entire wall of Batman Returns stuff. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's something I want to touch on too. Is I this museum is very much at the will of the artists. Yeah. And Wh- so whoever was willing to donate. Yeah, so to I, it, I would be very curious to know the process of like selection, who they reached out to, what they have. It's um, a lot. Of, it's a lot of Tim Burton. One thing. Specifically, that I was very excited to see that unfortunately was not on display yet, which I hope will be soon. Is they have the doors from Rick's Cafe from Casablanca? Um, oh, that's I don't cool. think Casablanca was represented at all. No, I didn't see anything didn't for see, them. Um, I mean, I see that every day. Not as honestly, the classic films were not as representative as I thought they were going to be, right? Um, which could also be part again of you know them trying to be inclusive because think about you know classic films were not the most inclusive films no um much, no. which is fine again like this that's the good thing about this museum is that it's constantly going to be changing so yeah. like yeah we may not be seeing casablanca right now but maybe soon we're seeing casablanca and we're not seeing you know rosebud you know whatever yeah, maybe, maybe not um but yes the et awesome yeah <laughs> one of my favorite quotes of the day there's this room <laughs> We're just showing sci-fi clips, and it was like really cool theater. The middle, it was almost like Circle Vision yeah. for Disney fans. Um, the middle screen was showing like an actual clip from the film, and then the two screens on the side. Again, this almost makes up a circle when you put these three together. Um, we're just showing like a still. It was like it was like it was moving. It was B-roll. Yeah, it was like B-roll, but like it would just kind of like loop yeah. while the scene was playing. It was weird. Yeah. And Ryan said, Ryan walked over to the plaque and said. But what is this trying to portray? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. It was just like it just felt like we were at like an art museum, and you yeah. were like, "But what does this mean?" Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is our art museum, yeah. so it was just so funny because we were standing in that room with like eight other people, and Ryan walks out. 
but what is this trying to portray? Yeah, I, I was really confused I was by this. Dying. It was so funny. <laughs> um, but yes, the uh, the Batman Returns stuff was cool. It was because they had the, the like the mini, mini the mini model, model of uh, Cobblepot's manor. Yeah. Um, they also had Danny DeVito's prosthetic nose yes. from playing Penguin. Not as big as I thought it would be. No. Not as big as I thought it would be. No. Um, looks bigger on screen. The camera adds ten inches. Yeah, he never gets that. So. Um, but. What else, what else we had? They had the... I'm just running through a couple more. They had the orc head from Lord of the Rings. They mm-hmm. had the T-1000 the T mm-hmm. uh, head, like a, a battle damage Arnold head from that. Eyes looked screwed up. Yeah, they did. They look weird. Um, Edward Scissorhands, full costume. Mm-hmm. Um, Okoye's costume from Black Panther, the mm-hmm. Dormilaje, worn by, worn by uh, Denai Gurara. I don't know if I got that last name right. It's okay. I, I you did. tried. I tried hard. Um, there was a whole section with... Um, what the heck is that movie called that I said I haven't seen? Oh, um, f- the Jim Henson one, right? Yeah. Um, um, Dark Crystal. Dark Crystal. Yeah. yeah. I almost said Labyrinth. Nope. Also um, a Jim Henson one. Right. Um, yeah, Dark Crystal. Never seen it, but yeah. a bunch of stuff from there. I watched so this kid. Dark Very weird. You're a Dark there's Crystal a ne- fan. There's a Netflix, uh, Netflix show. Got canceled too early. Um, Dark Crystal. A lot of, yeah. If, like, I was wondering if any Henson stuff was going to be on display because, like, the Henson materials kind of have, like, their own, like, traveling museum, basically. Well, I really want to go to, um, it's called the Museum of Moving Picture in mm. New York, which you should go to. You have family. I got connections, connections out yeah. that way. Um, but that over there they have the original Kermit. Oh, I really want to go see that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then you have well now I think you can go to the actual uh, Henson Studios now too. I don't think so. They announced something where like it was open. It's always been very private. Right, we but can I, go outside I, of it. But we can go outside of it, which we should. There's do. a big Kermit up on top. I know. Of the we should, we need Charlie to go, we need to go over there. It's right down the street from Pink's. I'll take you. All right, I'm in. Um, We're going right now. Okay, there's something in this room though that I loved, and I want to talk about it. Well, we didn't talk about. Oh wait, no, we, we you, you still missed a couple of the costumes though that were, or not the costumes, but the items that were massive. I only had like one big one. Well, it's I guess it's two, two big ones. Big yeah, ones. those are the ones I was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they had the full size C3PO and R2D2. Uh, from well, the C3PO one, I believe they just said from all six movies that all, all the six first movies that Anthony Daniels was in. And then the R2 was the remote-controlled one. I was trying to figure out earlier. I was actually thinking about the C-3PO, and I was like, I didn't notice what movie it said it was from. It, I believe it said that it was like the C-3PO costume that was used in episodes 4, 5, 6, 1, 2, 3. And the reason I was thinking about it is because I was watching A New Hope earlier. Oh, and yeah. And the C-3PO in A New Hope looks very muted. Yeah. Which it could have just been the film stock they were using. Probably. Um, well, and also a lot of a lot of that film takes place in like very like – tannish deserty locations so it kind of dang i can kind of dries out the gold in them anyway i can see the plaque but i can't see what movie it says is it the picture of me no uh no this one one is the one that i was just i think i took did i take no yeah you took most of the pictures which i still have to get some of those from you um but uh yeah i can't see i'm almost positive it just said like oh yeah this is the this is what anthony daniels's costume looked like when he was on the set for these six movies for those of you that watch our socials this was the room where i wrote i'm gonna do it i'm gonna steal the et from the academy museum and i spelled <laughs> he spelled I used the wrong form of steal yep. i was at work i was at work at universal when i saw that and i showed some of my buddies over there and they were all just laughing like they were like was that you that sent that i was like nope i may <laughs> it never wasn't recover me. from this nope um okay so are we good on those things did you have anything else in there? Yes. Okay, go ahead. The There was a little room tucked off to the side. Yeah, I figured you were going to go here. Oh, it's raining. I can hear it now. Um, I am going to attempt and absolutely butcher this. Okay? But the composer 
Academy Award winning composer from the Joker. Um, Hilder Guanadotier, I think. You said what project it was from, so people can look it up. Yeah. Um, they had this room. This is right up my alley. This is like this super like pretentious artsy stuff that you see at like yeah. art museums. Cameron would have loved this. <laughs> yeah, especially with it being the Joker score. Yeah. Um, but you walk into this room and there's actually a sign out front that we did not see. I didn't notice. Not when, no, we saw it on the way out. We saw it on the way out. Uh, but the sign basically says like, you were about to enter a very dark room. Please be careful. Watch your step. Please do not use any sort of artificial lighting, phones, flashlights, anything like that. And you walk in and it's literally like this just dark room. Yeah. Um, with a red light bulb in the middle of the room hanging from like a wire. And then there is a big circle like couch, I guess you could say. It's almost like a giant ottoman, but mm-hmm. like big enough to where like someone could lay across it if they wanted to. Um, the first thing we did was we walked straight to the back of the room. And I'm assuming you also did the same thing as me. But I we walked all the way up to the back of the room, faced the wall. We were basically like inches from the wall facing it. And it was so dark in that room that I had my eyes wide open. I was staring at that wall. I actually did this too. Yes. Yeah, I did and the same thing. And it was pitch black. It was kind of <laughs> cool because it almost felt like there was depth to it. Yes. Like it felt like I was like looking into space. Yes. Like it was so cool. I could just, I just wanted to stand there. I wanted to stay there for a very long time. Like it was like, I can't, I cannot stress. And I don't, don't think you can like how visually impressive this is for it just being a black curtain yes. that you are staring at. It is so pitch black. And what's interesting is like if you turn around, like there's no like doors. Nope. Like it's just an open walkway. But I don't know if they painted it with like the what's it called? Like Banta black or something, which is like the darkest dark. Oh, I could see that um, probably, yeah. But it is like pitch black when you get up against the wall. And yeah, like you said, it was like you were it almost felt I've never done this, but it almost felt like a sensory deprivation tank where yeah. it was like you literally feel like you're in the middle of this just void. Nothing's mm-hmm. around you. And then, of course, you're in this room with Dolby Atmos and you hear the sound. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, Our Dolby fr- Atmos doesn't work. friend Dolby work. Atmos. Yeah, unfortunately, Dolby Atmos, you know, standing up against a wall, you don't get the full effect of it. No. Um, but what we did next was we went over to that couch thing and we laid on it with our heads like right in the middle, which a lot of people were doing. I made the massive mistake of staring at the light bulb. Because, yeah, I shut my eyes. Yeah, I don't well, know what you were doing. I, I kept shutting them off and on. Or... <laughs> I kept opening and closing them, but I was noticing, I was like, is that light dimming? So then I started staring at it and it was, was, and even after I realized it was, I don't know why I kept staring at it for like the next 30 minutes. Like that kid that stared at the sun when he was growing up. There was just like a blue spot in the middle of my vision for the next like 30 minutes. Um, but yeah, so we laid there and that was cool. You could hear the score all around you. You got this red light kind of like slowly pulsating. Very cool. Very like immersive experience. Um, and then from there, that was the end of that whole exhibit. And there's like a credits thing, like a, a credit scroll. Future of film or whatever it was called, yeah. right? And so that was pretty cool. And then... There's only... We don't have a lot. We only have a couple things a left. There's a couple things left. We did the, the spotlight room. Yes. So that room... <laughs> where Joel give a, val- okay. give a valid a attempt. effort. I'll post that. Um, there was this room, which first of all, I didn't understand it at first. There's a spotlight and on the side of the wall, it's like, here, try to make shadow puppets. Mm-hmm. And I'm an idiot, and I put my hands in front of it. And the guy was like, this older man's like, you need to go behind it. Yep. Um, and I was like, okay. So I go behind it, and I'm trying these shadow puppets. And I will post a photo of my valiant but terrible attempt. At I thought you did pretty good. It was, it was okay. Yeah. As the person who took the photo, I thought it was pretty good. But what killed me is as I'm leaving, this woman walks by. Yeah. She realizes what is happening here. That is like a shadow puppet type thing, and that is basically projecting your image. And she starts like... Like kind t- of twerking, like twerking, not yeah. really like twerking, but like that kind of motion. 
and this is my favorite part about this was like the oldish man who was working it doesn't say, ma'am, please, uh, please keep walking. No, he walked around behind the wall and started helping her. You actually want to stand over here. And if you get a little bit closer and okay, now do it. And he goes around the other side and he's just like watching this woman. Like <laughs> he's watching this woman's shadow, like twerk on the wall. And like her friend is there just like laughing up a storm, taking videos. And the man keeps like helping her like, no, move a bit closer. Okay. No, to your, to your right. Okay. Right there. Yep. Okay. Go ahead. And then she starts like dancing again. Like this is so bizarre. It was funny. Um, but this whole room, it was like, the origins of cinema, which yeah. is kind of weird because it was like on the end. Um, but in here they had some like cool stuff, like a bunch of old, like lanterns that would have been used for projection. Yeah. Um, they had some zoetropes, um, yeah. and then they had these cool things. I don't know what they were called, but like the thing with like the little slots that made it like, like when you look through a little the hole. depth perception ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was like, you'd look through a little hole and there was all these different slots and it was kind of like, um, like multi-plane cameras work, except mm-hmm. instead of it being a camera, you're looking through with your eye. Right. Um, so there was that stuff, and that was pretty cool. Okay, so after that, we leave that room, and right next door, there's a room. It's called the Warner Brothers Gallery. Yeah. And you walk inside, and there's no Warner Brothers stuff in there, nope. which I thought was hilarious. Which, granted, it's not saying it's about Warner Brothers. Each it's of just these that rooms, Warner Brothers, dedica- like, yes, they dedicated Each space. exhibit space is sponsored by a company or a person. Shouts to Jeffrey Katzenberg. <laughs> um, Steven, and his wife. Yeah, and his wife. Steven Spielberg had one, the very first one. Steven Spielberg's. Um, but yes, so what was in there, Ryan? This was something that I'd seen before plenty yeah. of times and you'd never seen, and I was excited for you to see it. They call it a zoetrope? Is that zoetrope. right? Zoetrope. Um, a zoetrope is essentially a it's a stop it's stop motion fi- like they're figurines. Right? Like make Well, I mean this one, yes. Yeah. This one not is- all zoetropes. Like some zoetropes yeah. are like pictures or Yeah. Drawings. This one is figurines. Mm-hmm. And it's based on toy story and it's like you know woody buzz jesse bullseye the green the man, army man yeah the the aliens um but there's like wheezy yeah wheezy was on there um very much this toy story 2 era yes. right here and there was like so there's there's all these characters but there's like tw- anywhere from depending on where they're located on the zoetrope there's anywhere from like six of them to like 30 of them I could probably count on yeah. this image. And all of them are doing different poses. So you're wondering, like, why is that there? Because the thing starts spinning. The Zotrope starts spinning. And it's like a it's like when you were a kid and you would like find like the flip books, and if you flip mm-hmm. through it with your thumb, you could like watch a moving picture. This is like that. And the thing moves so fast that it looks like the characters are actually moving. Well, it they add an element. Okay. They add an element. What's that? The strobe light. Oh, yes. That so helps the too. strobe light, essentially, this animates things in a way a camera would without a camera. So you're seeing all these figures move. They're zipping past. It's spinning really, really fast. But then the strobe light starts flashing, and the strobe light is essentially acting as the shutter, right? This thing would also work without the strobe light if you were able to blink very fast. Yeah. <laughs> if you just start blinking very fast, you would get a similar effect. But the strobe light flashes, in a sense, what I'm assuming would be 24 flashes a second um, to be like 24 frames a second, which is what most films are recorded in. Uh, Shout out to Peter Jackson. Mm -hmm. Um, And yes, like he said, it it kind of animates them. And I mean, like I said, this used to be located at California Adventure, so I'd seen this a ton of times. I was very excited to see it again. It was gone before it ever went. Um, Yeah, I I heard it was here, and I was like, okay, cool. For you, who'd never seen that before, how was that? It was so cool. Like not not just for the fact that it's a property that I'm a huge fan of. I love Toy Story, um, but just like how they I 
Like you were there recording it, but you could probably see me in some of the shots. I'm just standing there. Yeah, in, in I got awe. some shots of you that you're just yeah. like looking at I'm just it. Like in, I'm just in awe, in love with this thing. Yeah. And what I love too, another great like, it just made me very happy. This doesn't sound so cheesy, but I was trying to like time it because I knew it was in there, and I was trying to time it out to where I could like take you in before it really started. Mm. But we didn't work it out that way, so we walked in, and it was just spinning. The strobe light hadn't started yeah. yet. Yeah, it hadn't even reached full speed. Yet. Yeah, and it was just spinning, and I was like, okay, and then. <laughs> The strobe light starts flashing, and Ryan audibly goes, oh, wow. And I was like, oh, this is – I love this so much. Yeah. Like, this just made me so happy because, again, I don't think you knew what to expect. I had no idea. Know? No clue. And so that was – it was a cool moment to see you get to experience that. It was that. great. I – one of my underrated favorite parts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, from there, well, what, we – Oh, we got a, our buddy hanging from the rafters. Yes, that's what I was going to say. The rafters and then the final thing. The final thing yeah. we won't spend too much time on yes. just because we – we wouldn't be able to do it justice. And we also can't take pictures in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So hanging from the rafters, why don't you tell everybody what's over there? There is the last surviving, the a common theme of this museum is the, the last version of this thing. Um, the last surviving Bruce mechanical shark from Jaws. Mm-hmm. And if you're not is, familiar, almost all of them got destroyed and rusted up during yeah, the actual filming. And they just never worked. Right. But this refurbished looks brand new. Honestly, <laughs> This is going to sound bad. I almost think they refurbished it too much. It almost looks it look, too yeah, good. I would agree. It, it looks like a shark that you'd see hanging out at like a, an at aquarium. Th- or at the theme park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it looks like a model. Yes. It, it You can't tell that it's a mechanical shark. Correct. Um, but it is. There's plenty of videos out there showing it um, being refurbished and stuff. It looks great. It looks great. Like I, I'm not in any way discrediting it. It just like part of me would would have loved to see this thrashed up beat yeah. up shark, you know. Um, but but they probably wouldn't cool. be able to hang it there if no. they did. Um, I think it said it was 25 feet. It felt it. I will post a picture um, of me where it like you, can get you the lined it from. up and you could see like it's, yeah. it looks like it's going to bite my head. Yeah. It already looks massive compared to me and it was probably like 10 feet behind. Me, it was an angle. Yeah. You know, so it was like it, it, I think it was about 25 feet is what it said. Um, and then from there, we're going to the, the Katzenberg one. Yeah. So in this last room and again, we can't take photos in here. And, and I want to pre- I want to preface this like, what's in here is something that neither of us is that familiar with, so we're not going to spend that much mm-hmm. time on it. But if you are a fan of this property, you would have absolutely loved, loved it. this. So you walk in, and just in the middle of the room, this Shia LaBeouf, and he has a bag over his face, and he's it looks like he was has been crying, and you get to spend fifteen minutes in there. You could do whatever you want. I'm just kidding. Um, I did I ever tell you that I almost went to that? Do you know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I almost it was went the thing to that. where he sat. He just sat there for 24 hours. Like you can come and in just and said, just said like, "I'm sorry, you yeah, can do whatever you do want. Do whatever you want." Yeah. Um, no, that is not what this was. Um, Thank God. It is their first, I guess, called special exhibition or like limited time exhibition. Yeah. Um, which right now, when we announce what it is, and people find out that we aren't familiar with this, it's going to be they're going to be upset. We're yeah. going to lose a lot of which time. is why we're not going to pretend like we know what we're yes. talking about here. Um, but it is an entire exhibit dedicated to Hayao Miyazaki. Um, studio ghibli with yeah and it wasn't specifically about ghibli but his work specifically um of course you know most of ghibli stuff being him yeah but some um, of his other stuff was there too yeah they had some of the stuff from like his early career as ryan said neither of us are massively familiar with it have you seen any of them i have not okay i've only seen my neighbor totoro i own all of them 
shout out to my sister's boyfriend who bought me the disc set with all of them years ago mm-hmm. and now they're all on HBO Max. I right. literally have no reason to have not seen more of these. You just haven't. And I even intended knowing we were going to this to see more of them. You did say that, yeah. Cuz um, I, I didn't know didn't. I didn't know this was here, so. Yeah, and I just hadn't. Um but that being said, this exhibit was incredible. Yeah. Um the artwork for for the Ghibli stuff is just amazing. His it's, desk it's his desk was in there. His desk um, they had like real uh, the models that they would mm-hmm. make. They had like the sitting area. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I love that spot. I don't know which film it was. It, it showed next to it, but I yeah. didn't pay attention. But yeah, I don't remember. There was a little like slanted hill with some like fake grass on it, and yeah. then right above it, this like circular screen that looked like clouds passing over. Mm-hmm. So it's like you could lay down and like it's like you were laying yeah. down looking up at the clouds. This is this is something that if you are a fan of this type of this work, mm-hmm. you just need to go see it. Yes. And you need to see it before it leaves mm-hmm. because it is... It is a temporary exhibit. Yeah. It yeah. is... I can't imagine what my thought process would have been seeing this if I had... Was a if massive you're a massive fan, fan yeah. yeah. I couldn't even I mean, it would have been like us in the regular animation. Section, Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Um, and, and his work is iconic and very well known. And so, I mean, really bad job by us for not being more familiar with his work. Again, it's stuff that I've intended to see yeah. for so long. Being a fan of animation especially, I will say this. I'm not a massive fan of anime itself the animation style of anime is something yeah. that i've just never really been able to get into yeah but even just after watching totoro like i realized his storytelling and his art specifically is it stands out in the league it of its own. Um, yeah for sure but like you said i don't i don't want to touch too much on that because it's not something we really know a ton about um just so, go see that just yeah yeah just go check just that go out that. if you're a big miyazaki fan so that's um that's it Right. Yeah, that wraps up. I mean, we went to like the studio store afterwards. Like, we got free posters, yeah, free posters, which going on opening day. Um, one thing I will touch on. Um, yeah, we. I think you touched or you said earlier that we would talk about this. Um, they also have a massive theater. Oh the yeah, David Geffen yes, Theater, yes. or it might even just be called the Geffen Theater. Um, the Geffen. But it's this huge like ball, and there's a theater on the lower half of it, and then the top half or top, I'd say maybe even like third, is this big glass like atrium and lookout point Mm -hmm. unfortunately being their opening day they were doing two screenings of the wizard of oz that day and they had like a live orchestra i screwed up and didn't get tickets to that because i thought it was a separate day and that i wouldn't get the day off Mm -hmm. bad job by me i should have been there it's okay but anyway we didn't have access to that because they were rehearsing yeah um but i've heard that the views from that like viewpoint are just incredible i don't know if there's other stuff up there if there's not necessarily exhibits but maybe like some signs and whatnot Yeah, yeah yeah um but the view from up there, I've heard, is great. So definitely, we'll need to go back and check that out. Um, and I'm sure that's it's going to be another one of those things where we're going to cycle through different projects that come through as well. Like yeah, different. and the the stuff that's going. I mean, they've already put out a whole list of programs. I'm actually thinking about going to see Psycho this month at that theater. You love Psycho. Um, so. Psycho's a great film, so it'd be great to go see that. Um, you should go with me. I'd go. Yeah, um, and I won't cancel this time. <laughs> um, but yeah, that pretty much rounds it out. Well, there's also the one exhibit that both of us didn't want to do. Not because it didn't look good. It's just for personal Oh, yeah. Reasons. Do you want to talk about that? No, it's all you. Go okay. Um, there is a thing called the Oscars experience. This is what you're referring to, right? Yes. Yeah. There's a thing called the Oscars experience, and we're about to sound so dumb. Maybe not. So. Well, I think our reasons are a little different, though. Yeah. I, I, yeah. The, I, namely, I think I'm about to sound. People are about to roll their eyes when mm-hmm. I say this. Um, the Oscars experience, you get to go into a room. It's actually very cool. You go into a room. And they give you an Oscar. I'm presuming a real one, probably with nothing written on it. Um, much like at WB, like you get the chance to hold a real Oscar at WB, which has which has which has a, a, a it was it actually, tells you it's what it's one for. that was one, yeah, yeah, um, 
which I can't I, imagine the Academy Museum would be having you hold a fake Oscar. No, I don't think so. Um, so that being said, they give you this Oscar, and it's only like 10 seconds, which is a little kind of iffy. That's the one kind of thing that I think kind of sucks about it. But you have to pay extra for this, too. It's $15 to do this. Yeah. And you stand at a podium, and there's cameras that film you. you there's no audio. My voice just went all weird. There's no audio, but you're basically like as if you just won, and you're holding it up, and you're like, you can say like thank you and whatever. And then one of the cameras moves behind you, and there's a projection that looks like you're standing on stage at the Dolby Theater, and that there's an audience clapping for you, having won the Oscar, um, which is pretty cool. Um, my reasoning for not doing it, uh, straight up, I'm superstitious. I would love to win an Academy Award one day, and I don't want to touch one. Um, unfortunately, I do have to do it at work, but I we wear gloves when we're doing that, so I kind of count it as like, I'm not really touching it. <laughs> I didn't um, know. I didn't know that you felt felt this yes, way. And also, the ones that we hold are not for categories that I would win for. Also true. Um, so I'm like, okay, this is not like one that I would win, but sure. I, this is a requirement for my Whatever job. Whatever you got to tell yourself, to buddy. Exactly. Yeah. Um, my reasoning is that I have held the one at at WB as well, both as a guest and employee. Um, and I also didn't want to pay 15 extra dollars to yeah, do it there. Exactly. It felt so. kind of cheesy. So, and since you didn't want to do it, I was like, all right, well, I don't which, really care if I didn't have my weird superstition thing, which I'm like slowly, like starting to be like, like, just get over it, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, cause like I've held an Emmy before. No big deal. Like I was like, whatever about that. Yeah. Um, but like I probably would have paid the 15 bucks. Why not? Yeah. I think the one plus up give audio. People, yeah, it seems it, it, just, speech, it, it just seems kind of cheesy. Um, there yeah. is audio; it's just not your audio. It's right. like a, a music playing, which you know, it's it would have been cool if it. It would be so cool if it was like you you get to give like a speech. Yeah, like, exactly. That would be cool. Yes, um, and it has the different camera angles, just cutting. I have, There's, they could have done more with charge it. Charge twenty five bucks yeah. instead. You get to make make a speech. Yep. And someone announces you coming out, yep. and you could pick the category, everything. Yeah. Full on experience. Yeah, I like it. Excuse me. Mr. Academy Museum guy, I have an idea. Um, anyway, <laughs> He's right outside. So there is one thing I do want to touch on. That He's in the trunk of my car. Absolutely aggravated me. Sure. When they announced, was it parking? No. When oh, they announced okay. the Academy Museum, and they started saying like, "Oh, there's going to be a store there." One of the things that they said was going to be there was like, "Oh, we're going to have the Lego Oscars for sale." The ones. Oh that, yeah. The ones from the that was our Lego movies. That's what we wanted at the gift shop. And I said, "I'm buying that." I, you said that months ago. I said months ago. I am buying that that Lego Oscar when we go. I don't know if it, I didn't know if it was going to be the same one, or if they had like come up with a new one. But I was like, I'm buying that damn Lego yeah. Oscar. I was like, I don't care if it's seventy five bucks, hundred fifty bucks. I'm buying it. Okay. So hey, we Joel, go. How, how much was it? Ryan, 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 Ryan. The Lego Oscar was five hundred dollars. Yes, it was pre-built. Yeah. Pre-built yeah, Lego fun. Oscar. I don't even get to put it together. Nope. It which was is the whole, which is the whole point of Legos. Which also. I don't know if this was them being like sneaky or if it was just like a weird way they chose. The price to wasn't this. on the. The statue. price was not on the. It's statues. not in a box or anything. No, they're just standing there. I could yeah. have run away with it. <laughs> you could have tried. Um, yeah. The price was literally on this like tiny thing, like maybe the size of a paper yeah. clip. I don't even know how you saw it. And it was just like in the middle of the table, and I looked and I was like five hundred dollars. Yeah, no wonder it's so tiny. They don't want people to know that. No one's right. gonna buy this. Exactly. Um, Ryan and I each bought one thing. Mm-hmm. I bought a pin that looks like a little Oscar statue. And Ryan, you bought a bookmark? Yeah, I got the bookmark that's it, shaped like the Oscar that's statue. That's shaped like the Oscar statue. Yeah. I, have it in, I have it in the book I'm about to finish tonight. So. Oh, the Bible. <laughs> yeah, it's my it's my 10th read through. Um, I love that New Testament. That being said, do you want to give us final thoughts? I think 
you know, you said at the beginning of the episode, this is something we've been waiting to see since before you and I even knew each other. So it's been a long time. We've been waiting for this. It didn't disappoint at all. But at the same time, there's more that can be done there. I think there's more space to work with. I think the organization of some of the exhibits could be a little better. But with all of that said, would I recommend doing this? Yeah, 100%. This is one of those things where if you if I know you and you come visit out in California and you're like, hey, these are some of the things we want to do. If I know that you like film even a little bit, I'm going to be like, hey, we have to do this. Mm-hmm. It's $25. Stress this enough. It is $25 yeah. to see all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And if you want to do the Oscar thing, it's $40. $40 for a museum is cheap. They they didn't even charge you for the Miyazaki. That is included. If you go to like right. the Broad, which is an art museum in downtown LA, great yeah. museum, it's free. Yep. But their special exhibitions are an additional cost. Exactly, yes. Um, which most museums are. Yeah. Um, so like you said, it's... it's yeah. Yeah, forty dollars to do everything is not bad. I don't was the was the the theater presentation for um for Wizard of Oz that was extra too, right? Yes, the the anything in the theater will cost extra. But um, can you go to that without going to the museum? Is that a yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah. You okay, can go so to the that, it's almost like a separate cost. Yes. Then. Okay, so yeah, forty dollars to do everything at the exhibit. Um, well worth the price of admission. I will definitely go back sometime soon here especially once they do like a change around a little bit um yeah i have nothing negative to say really except that i think there's more they can do with it i think over time they're going to add a lot more to it yeah i will i'll start off um echoing that i think and this is not like you said it's not a negative it's just something that we think could be you know saying saying something you like can be better is not a bad thing there was some things that i was like oh the organization here is kind of like i don't understand it yeah which is fine I don't need to. Yeah. I saw cool stuff. Yep. Um, and there were some exhibits that I was like, okay, this is cool. Um, and this sounds so selfish, but it's like, this is cool. It would be cooler if this was something like I was really into. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, um, that's which, ha- which is going to happen yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Of course. Um, so again, my biggest thing is that I'm looking forward to is the fact that they're, they stress this so much that this is going to be it's an ever changing yeah. museum. Rotating exhibits. All that being said, I think the Academy Museum is an absolute just mecca mm-hmm. for for film fans. If you love film, if you love movies, the art form, the creation process, just films themselves, this is a place that you need to visit. Yep. Agree. 100%. I cannot stress this enough. I have told in the, you know, half of a week that since we've been Yeah, it was only museum, a couple days ago. I have told countless people you need to go to this museum. Me too. I am already trying to plan a day to go with my family for them to see it. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out a day that I'm off work early where I can shoot over there for the evening and go see it again. Yeah. Um, I bought the membership. It's a hundred bucks. One visits, 25 bucks. So if I go four times, I got my money's worth. Sorry, worth it. I am probably going to get four times the amount. If not yeah, more for sure. Um, I'm looking forward to getting the chance to go see films there. Mm-hmm. I think this is a space that the, Film community has needed for a long time. Yeah. There are other places similar to this, but this is finally a museum 100 absolutely percent dedicated to the art of filmmaking, the history of filmmaking, the history of the storytelling behind film, all the talent behind it, everybody. To see how inclusive it was was so impressive. Um, I'm, I'm so glad that after all these years, we finally got the chance to go. And so, on our opening day. And our opening it day. It was, it was a special day. Yeah. Um, so... 
yeah, that kind of wraps up my thoughts on that. Um, again, we'll be sharing some stuff on the social. I know we already kind of posted some, but we'll kind of post a few more of our photos yeah. on there too. Um, and then, uh, in terms of the show going forward, um, we're still going to be turning out some content, uh, while we're a man down and mm-hmm. we got some heck, we got some good things happening yes. for all of us. So our release schedule may vary from time to time, at least for the rest of this month. Um, and then we'll probably get back on track towards the end of the year. Um, but coming we will up on a, coming up on a year. I was thinking about it earlier. We're coming up on a year. I know. Show. Yeah. We're going to have to celebrate Two that. Months. Yeah. We're almost there. Um, but rest assured there will still be a lot of stuff coming out on our pipeline. Uh, and also we have some stuff that will be coming up sometime soon in other channels as well. Mm-hmm. Like we've done with the genre geek show and a couple of our other friends. So go check them all out while you're, when you're done listening to us, call caught up and you want some more movie talk, go talk to those guys. Yes. Um, yeah. Lots of other great shows out there. You've seen us shout them out and yeah. talking with them. So like Ryan said, if we're, if we're kind of delayed with, with all the craziness going on in our lives right now, Spend some time with those other shows. They're all great people. Yeah. Can't stress this enough, though. This, like, it, we got we got some cool stuff in yeah. the pipeline, for sure. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think we're done. Yeah, I think, I that's, think that's it. We gotta stay. We gotta stop saying that we're only gonna take like forty five minutes. Yeah, to do we an episode. we literally were like, oh, we're gonna take forty five minutes, yeah. and, and instead we've taken um, three thousand and fifty six bars of of <laughs> Garage Band. Rough, roughly translates out to probably like probably about an hour and a half, hour yeah, forty, maybe a little more. Yeah. It doesn't matter because it was a fun topic. Yeah, we enjoyed doing this. It was great. Um, Hopefully, we're recording this on Monday. I'm hoping to have it out tomorrow by Tuesday. So we'll see what happens. But thank you so much for for sticking with us as we're getting busy. Follow us on the social. Man, no wonder you always screw it up. Follow (laughs) us on all the socials um, at RefundPod, Instagram, Facebook. Not on Facebook, no. No, Instagram, Twitter. Twitter. Uh, Go to our or what's it called discord no, i was just saying keep plugging the we're discord. gonna keep plugging the discord until more people that's are your there. that's your baby that's so. my baby um we yeah our shop is available and you don't have to buy things but if you want to um oh i was supposed to draw a winner for the hat and i'm zero percent prepared for that so i will do that tomorrow morning um yes tomorrow we will draw the winner for the hat that being said Thank you folks so much for joining us um, and we will see you next week.